You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Kitty and Alora. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button to receive notifications of future weekly episodes. Feel free to check out our sister podcast called Mamir's Well, where we explore taboo and controversial topics in the witchcraft community. Now onto the show. He is the wild guardian of the forest, a primitive entity cloaked in mystery, oak leaves and moss. Likely once a pagan God, the green man image has barely survived via statues in medieval church walls and in the pages of folklore. Today, his ancient memory is being reawakened in our hearts. Today, journey with us into the far reaches of ancient tree groves and let us learn who the green man truly is. Hello, Alora. Good morning from Australia. <laughs> Good night from the US. <laughs> Good night as in time to go to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So the green man, I know that, or at least I recall, I think that you've worked with him in the past. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I have. For sure. How was that experience for you? It was definitely something I wasn't expecting and I definitely took away from that relationship. Like every time I work with a new deity, I take like, there's like a big lesson there for me. Mm. Um, No matter who it is, this particular deity that I worked with was special in that working with the green man really is where I solidified that following my intuition thing. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I worked with the green man that I started doing crazy things (laughs) that seemed very crazy to other people, but were things that in, I was following my gut for sure. I love that. Getting wild. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I th- and I think that's like, at least for me, that's what the green man brought along, right? Getting in touch with the primal part of yourself. Definitely. The feral part, the wild part. Which, and we're going to get more into this, but I feel like has something to do with the fact that some people are actually kind of freaked out by the green man, which is like a new concept to me. I didn't realize that, but there's a lot of people that think he's scary. Mm. And I wonder yeah. if it's like has to do with, you know, the wildness of it or the primal aspect of him. Yeah, I think so. I think there are other reasons as well, but I don't think that that's far-fetched as far as thinking that that has something to do with it. Yeah. Because a lot of people are scared of themselves. Exactly. You know so what I mean? Maybe that's a green shadow to explore. 
Unintended. Okay, so the first thing that our listeners probably want to know is who is the green man? Yeah, I think if you don't know who he is, he is essentially a spirit of nature. He's an entity who appears in the forests, typically as a large man covered in foliage. There's uh, oak leaves, vines, moss, branches, and even sometimes flowers and like pine cones and basically anything from forest trees could cover his body from head to foot. Mm. Would you agree with that? Am I missing anything there? Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. And I think, oh, and in some depictions too, which I found this was really interesting and I noticed it before, but I didn't really like ponder on it too much is that in some of the depictions of the green man, the leaves or there's vines that actually come out of his mouth. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. And in the oldest depictions, he has horns on his head. Hmm. I think if you need a more modern character to bring the green man to life for you, I think of Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Or also, you know, he's also in the Infinity War and Endgame movies. But also I think of the Ent in the Lord of the Rings series. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, okay, so, but there's also the debate about, like, what is the green man, right? Like, is he Mm a deity? Is he an elemental? Is he a spirit? Well, what what do you think? Because I, I feel, I feel like there's more than just one green man. I think there's, like, green men. So Mm. perhaps they're more of like a forest guardian or, you know, like a a local or regional kind of entity. Yeah. So in my personal experience with the green man, Mm -hmm. I actually found that the green man was a form that pan um, and trickster deities would, would fulfill, would take, mm, would yeah. turn into, shapeshift into, mm. right? So mm-hmm. in my working with the green man, a lot of times there was the pan energy mm-hmm. trickster aspect. Yeah. And I actually have a, a quick story about this. So Ooh, story. I actually... <laughs> I actually went to get a tattoo during the time that I was working with the green man. Mm. And it's my shocker tattoos that are on my spine. Right. Yes. And it was painful. Let me tell you, spine tattoos are exceedingly painful. Oh yeah. That's why I haven't gotten one. <laughs> yeah. So it's the most painful tattoo that I've ever gotten. Well, I'm like gripping the chair. Right. And I am And this is something that I have done like spur of the moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm getting this tattoo because this was after a time where 
I had given up my practice for several years and I had come back to my practice and I was like, you know what, I'm getting a tattoo on my body so that I never forget who I am again. I love that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and of course this was during green man time. So I'm just like, yes, doing it today. <laughs> so I go in and I'm in so much pain as she's like tattooing my back and I'm gripping the chair and I look up and I'm, this is no lie. There is a green man drawing on the wall I and I never movie. noticed it until she was until that moment. And I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> wow. So that's why I say there's a real trickster energy to the green man. You know, and that, that makes a lot of sense, but I just love it when they come through like that, when that their signs are so strong and you just can't even miss it, you know? Right. Right. And being that the green man is very, um, very much, like I said, uh, primal wild gets you in touch with your intuition and instinct. Mm -hmm. And so then you follow that, or I followed that went to the tattoo parlor was doing this for, you know, a specific reason, look up and there he is. Like, that's awesome. I love that. Like, uh, you understood the assignment. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. That's definitely confirmation. I, I would say. Yeah. So for me, I think he's a form that some of the trickster gods shapeshift into. Mm -hmm. I also definitely think that he overlaps with elemental. Yeah, I agree. Which we've talked about this before with gods being elementals and ancestors and fair, you know, all that. So Mm -hmm. it makes that, I mean, the, the confusion of all these things overlapping is starting to make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sort of. (laughs) So why do you think, because we mentioned before that I brought up Green Man in the group and quite a few people chimed in and said that they felt that he was creepy. And like I said before, I was kind of shocked by that. So why do you think though, that some people find him creepy? Because I think it it has to do with like, a you know, their shadow selves, but you said there might be more to it. Yeah. Well, so that's one aspect of it, but also pop culture. Right. So movies like the labyrinth and things like that, who have depicted nature and the green man in a not so docile manner. (laughs) Yeah. Um, could lend to that feeling of creepiness. Uh, but I also agree with you in that. I think a lot of times the green man appears creepier or scarier to people who really don't want to embrace their primal, not, I don't want to say instinct, but their, their primal self. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. People who are afraid to be spontaneous, people who um, are afraid to, you know, just get in touch with themselves and really let themselves go wild. People who have to have control of themselves 24 seven. And these were all big lessons for me because I'm a person that I do not like being out of control. Virgo. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So this was a huge lesson in things like that. But what a great like entity to come to you and because he's also of the earth which virgo is an earth sign right so right that's so cool i love that but there were 
I'm not going to lie. There were moments of that journey where I was just like, like, uh, no, <laughs> like you want me to do what? Like, nah, like this is too far back up. Hold up. Yeah. Like, mm, I'm not pulling my car over and running naked through these woods because <laughs> that's how I'm feeling at the moment. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. So what do you think, what does the green man represent? Or what does he do? Oh, uh, yeah. So I think I already kind of hit on that, at least for me. The green man represents the primal self. Yes. The, yeah. the self that is wild and feral and spontaneous and survives on instinct and intuition and all mm-hmm. of those things. And also another aspect of the green man that I found was uh, indulgence. Mm-hmm. A lot of self-indulgence, which can be scary to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that was my experience. Well, do you want to give us one of the Judy quotes? Because we love to quote Judica, whose last name we cannot pronounce. So we're just going to start calling her Judy. All right. <laughs> so the green man is the spirit of irrepressible life. Um, I'm just going to stop there for a second and say 100% <laughs> because when you work with the green man, it is very hard to suppress the urges that you get. I know that sounds weird, but trust you got to go with the flow, right? Exactly. He represents the regenerative, regenerative powers of nature. He is the essence of the life force, the libido, the impulse to procreate. He is also the embodiment of decay, the body returned to earth, covered in foliage. The green man is lord of the eternal cycle of life and death. Um, also, just a note there with the life force, the libido, the impulse. Yes, mm-hmm. all of that comes with it as well. So. I'm, I'm feeling like, yes, that you went through all of this, perhaps. <laughs> yes all of that. Very interesting. I love it. So he is obviously a symbol of rebirth, rejuvenation, and the life and death cycle of nature, as we've been saying. Mm -hmm. But the understanding nowadays, and, you know, the neo-pagan movement is that he seems to come alive or wake up near or on Beltane. Hmm. I mean, I would argue that he's around year round, just in a different form, but as far as, you know, the, the wild libido driven green man, maybe that's when he comes alive is on Beltane. Cause it, I mean, it makes sense. Beltane's the fire festival. It's a fertility festival. Everything's, you know, blooming and. Yeah. Well, he, I think his journey with me actually started around Astara one year. Yeah. See, I was going to say, I feel like that if I had to, if I had to pick a Sabbath, it would seem like it would start on the spring equinox, but for a lot of what I've read, everyone says, Oh, it's Beltane that, you know, and the, the stories and the plays and all that, for whatever reason, put them at, you know, as coming alive on Beltane. So, uh, you know, I think that that just has to do with the procreation aspect. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think another one of his jobs, I mean, is to keep the woods wild. So to preserve the sanctity of the forest that might be right. threatened by modern advancements. 
Right. And my mom actually, as a, in her paranormal investigation journey has had kind of a brush with someone or an entity that she thought was the actual green man in the woods one night. Mm. It's a pretty, I can see it. Like if you listen to that story, how you would be creeped out (laughs) (laughs) by green man. But I think that he could, you know, if you're, if you're traipsing along in a place where you shouldn't be, you know, whether it's green man or just the fair elementals or whatever in the woods, they can get territorial. So, but mm. I mean, they're, they're trying to preserve what's left of the forest. So I don't really blame them. Yeah. No kidding. I think that if you're going where you know that you shouldn't be going, <laughs> something will stop you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And in my mom's case, they didn't know that they weren't supposed to be there like in that way, but once they knew they left. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Do the right thing. <laughs> if you're not invited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's start talking about more of the history of the green man. Cause it is pretty, it's pretty interesting and it's kind of robust more, more than I thought it would be when I was doing research on him. Ooh, you said my favorite word, history. (laughs) I thought you were going to say robust. (laughs) Okay, so doing some research on the green man, I found that he is definitely an ever-present architectural motif. Yeah, and I think that everybody has at least, I mean, well, it's so prolific throughout the world. Mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine that you haven't seen at least one green man in a building somewhere. Right. And I, I think that before I talk about the specific examples of places where he's, he can be found in churches, I want to just hear your opinion. Why do you think, cause I really like, I don't even know that I have an opinion on this. I might have to think about it longer, but why do you think he's even included like on church walls? If he is, sort of the epitome of primal pagan ways when the church's goal was to stamp out paganism. So why would they include him? I have a theory. Good, cool. I was hoping would. (laughs) Okay, well, we know that the church basically absorbed or adopted pagan figures Mm -hmm. and then turned them into whatever the church wanted. Right. So like breed was turned into St. Bridget type thing. Oh yeah. Okay. So in Christian lore, I guess you'd say there is the garden of Eden. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it could have been included as like God's form in the garden. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's always watching type thing. They're trying to ad- adopt it and spin it into that form. That makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they would have, they would have spun it in, in a different way mm. for sure. Interesting. I had not thought That's of that. True. I was going with like complete opposite direction, but. <laughs> That's just, that's just my own personal theory. I, I think it's that or they. I'm sorry. I said, I think it's a good theory. <laughs> Either that or, I mean, the other theory that I have in my head is perhaps 
the people building the churches were pagan and that was their like defiance. Oh my God. An even better theory. Mine were not like this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what's yours? Well, I was literally thinking some of the images, maybe it was more or less like the church turning these images to stone and saying they're no longer alive and they're contained like in these walls. I don't know why I was thinking that way, but that's what I was thinking. No, that's, I mean, that's not way off base because let's face it. (laughs) Well, let's face it. Catholicism is high magic, right? Yeah. Like if you want to get down to it. Yeah. And the prominent, the first prominent church um, of antiquity was the Catholic church. So and the Catholic church believes in exorcisms and all that kind of stuff. So that's not a far-fetched idea at all. Hmm. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. For whatever reason that popped in my mind, I was like, well, maybe this is it, but um, who knows, you know, and, and there it's not just the green man, by the way, there's also other, <clears throat> excuse me, like pagan images all over the older medieval church walls. There's, they have mermaids, they have um, the Sheila Nagig, which is, believed to be like an ancient fertility goddess who was literally like exposing herself. (laughs) Mm. We could have a whole episode on that because that's a really interesting one too. But I mean, there's all these like pagan images and it's just interesting when you start to look at the really old churches and the, the motifs that they have in the architecture. Yes, that is interesting. That could be a whole episode in and of itself, church architecture and the pagans that adorn it (laughs) oh yeah and i also you know the fact that a lot of the old pagan groves and temples were knocked down and Mm -hmm. churches were put on top (laughs) yeah right anyway okay so tell us about this cathedral in france (laughs) i was gonna attempt it but then i was like no (laughs) so i don't know french if my daughter was here she could probably pronounce it better than I can because she's taking French, but I think it's like Chartres. That's what I'm going to go with. Chartres. (laughs) (laughs) The Chartres Cathedral in France. There are actually green men on the church's walls and there's more than one, but there is one specific image that is three green men, men heads all together. Mm. Seemingly looking like what we would see of a triple deity or a Trinity kind of situation. This is a Gothic church that dates back to 1194, at least. And it's, I think it's really interesting because it's long after the church had converted the pagans in that specific area. So it wasn't Mm. just like, you know, the next year, you know, they erected the church and they're including these green men images. It was a couple hundred years or or more. Mm. Yeah, I know. Makes you really wonder. So, but looking at this image, if anybody ever wants to look it up, I do recommend looking these images up if you really want to get to know the green man better. But so this particular trio of green men, the two on either side have the leaves like coming out of their mouths while the middle green man doesn't. Hmm. And the homeboy on the left seems to have grapes in his foliage while the other two look more oaken. (laughs) It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. 
So I wonder if that's an area where they made wine or champagne or something too. And that's why the grapes were included. Could be. Mm -hmm. Could be. Yeah. I don't know what town that cathedral's in. I think that's the name of it. The Chart. I don't know how to pronounce Chartres. Oh. Chartres. Uh, Chartres. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> My daughter would know. She would be laughing at me right now. I'm like that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> gotcha. But there are, I mean, there's dozens of churches pretty much all over Europe that have green men images. It's not just in France or the, or the British Isles. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, the next one you have down here is Exeter Cathedral. In, in Exeter, yeah. England. Uh -huh. And this one was built in the 12th century, around the same time as the one in France that we just talked about. But this Norman Gothic church boasts at least 20 depictions of the green man throughout its architecture. And many of them have greenery coming out of their mouths. Ooh, I have an idea. Something just hit me. Okay, what go. if... What if by including him in the architecture, what if they actually believed that he was in that area and this was like a way to appease him so that he left the church alone? Ooh. Maybe. Could have been. 20, like 20 depictions of him in the, in the 12th century in England. They were way long converted at that point. But would they ever admit that? No. 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 So I, I, I wonder what reason they gave for that. Who knows? I mean, someone had to have asked those questions, <laughs> you know, it's a conspiracy anyway, <laughs> you know, like what was going on behind the church walls behind the, like who said, let's make sure to include these 20 green men. And then someone mm. else was like, but why, you know, we will never know. <laughs> <laughs> I also found it interesting. He's also a popular motif in Scottish cemeteries. Of course. But yeah, it makes sense. He's representing creation and life springing out of death, which is badass. If you ask me. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, ooh put a green man on my grave. <laughs> You want to be buried? Yeah. Huh. Nah, not me. In an, it, but in a natural, um, they have, there's one in, uh, where I live actually. It's like a natural cemetery. It's basically a preserve and they don't, they don't fill the ground with concrete. They put you in the earth and then you mm -hmm. become a part of the earth and you can like plant a tree and everything. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're I like, think no, I'm no. You don't want I to think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go out by boat and flaming arrow. But <laughs> I'll like have to go. Too. I'll have to go to Michigan for that. I think. <laughs> yes, that is true. It's a good one. Uh, like, like I know when I'm going to die. I have to go to Michigan for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more places will be open to that at some point. Okay, so there are literally dozens of churches besides the two mentioned that feature the green man as a motif. Mm -hmm. 
or is he more than just a design? We think so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's got to be more to that story. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll probably never know. Like we said, that's okay. (laughs) So while this isn't a part of church architecture, it's also interesting to note that many old inns and pubs in the British Isles, as well as in the U.S., are named for the green man. Hmm. When I looked more deeply into this, there's some theories that possibly it's a tradition that links the green man to old apothecaries Mm. that gathered herbs centuries ago or linking him to what occupation would be a forester, basically a lumberjack that used to dress in all green. Uh, New theory. (laughs) Go ahead. Do tell. Well, since you said linking him to old apothecaries what Mm -hmm. if the churches thought that he was a symbol of healing yeah it could be could be could have adopted him as a symbol of healing and so stamped their walls with his image but they would never admit that no (laughs) i like that though yeah it makes sense i mean even back then they were using herbs and things from the earth to heal Right. Well, I guess it depends on who it was. Cause I do know that there was a lot of just people that would just pray like for healing type situation, but anyway. Okay. So let's talk about some of the gods and spirits that are linked to the green man. Mm-hmm. So there are many yeah. that are linked to the green man. Uh, but why don't you tell us about a couple of them, starting with Kernunos. Okay, so Kernunos, he is linked to the green man and in many more ways than one, but he is Lord of the forest who bore or bears horns on his head, whose evidence is seen all over Europe, just like the green man. Scholars and pagans alike have noticed many similarities, excuse me, between these two. I mean, obviously they both have horns. Um, At least the old depictions of the green man show him with horns. They're both guardians of the forest. So, you know, they could be the same God or Kernunos could be manifesting as a green man in certain situations or to certain people. Yeah. I think that's more likely personally, Mm -hmm. or at least, at least in my experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think another interesting one, which I didn't realize is Osiris. So he is the Egyptian God of death and rebirth and is also linked to the green man in a few ways. Osiris is frequently depicted with green skin and he is a grain deity of whom represents the earth's decay and then regeneration, just like the green man. So a lot of people connect those two as well. Hmm. That's one I, that's one I hadn't heard of. No, me neither. Until I was researching. I'm like, well, I have to include this because it is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. And then, so you said that you felt Pan's presence though, with the green man. Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. And, but that's, I mean, I think that that's a personal experience. I don't think that that necessarily happens with everyone who works with the green man. 
Maybe not, but I did read though that some people connect Pan as well as Dionysus. And mm-hmm. interestingly, Lou. Yeah. And Odin in his Yule form. Because if you've ever seen those depictions of Odin with like the um, what is it, the holly kind of encircling yeah. him, you know. I don't know that I see that, but I I won't deny that it could be a possibility for some people, you know. Yeah, I feel like so Odin does appear outdoors a lot mm-hmm. and naturey a lot, mm-hmm. right? So leaves in his cloak, things like that. But for me personally, it's a different energy. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I agree, but I wanted to include that just in case anybody has that experience or, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yes, I can I can definitely see Pan and Dionysus, mm-hmm. especially because especially Dionysus because of the indulgence factor. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> yes. Because look all of the ecstatic yes. Uh, all of experiences. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So any type of experience on, on the, on the wild side. Yeah. I would say, I mean, I feel like this is a shadow that a lot of people, like we were saying earlier, are scared to oh yeah embrace or integrate or whatever. I don't well, have I think- a problem with it from, I've learned to <laughs> self-indulge, but well, there's definitely a the- line, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I th- but I also think, you know, this particular thing is governed by societal norms, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so when you've been brought up in a society and within a home and there's a certain set of rules and a certain way that you do things and then you get introduced to this deity who's all about going with the flow, following your impulses, mm-hmm. being wild you're you kind of at least for me it was a process because at first I was like oh heck no like Mm -hmm. I don't know what you think but this is not me Mm -hmm. and then you have to eventually like just give in yeah and once you do like my life opened up so wide like this was the period of time in which I literally jumped on a plane from the U.S. and went to Australia on my uh, fall break from college. Yeah, I remember. And I cried that day. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) To meet, well, to meet somebody who I had never met, who I had met on the internet. Mm -hmm. And to everyone else, it sounded insane. And now that I say it, it sounds insane. But at the time I was like, going with my gut. <laughs> I love it. I think and now I, we're married. I, uh, yep. This is true. I think if green man had like a slogan, it would be come to the green side. Instead of the dark side. Okay. Sorry. That was bad. It just popped in my head. So I felt like saying, Oh, I thought about and- when you said that, I thought mm-hmm. the wild side. Oh, that's better. <laughs> you know, and then that, that song started playing in my head. Hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. 
do 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 wait what remember that song no what take a walk oh my gosh is it 80s or not what is it uh i want to say early 90s i don't know i'll have to look it up and send it to you all right yeah send it to me later okay all right so in addition to the gods that are frequently linked to the green man there's also a lot of spirits or like mythical figures which I find mm. really extra interesting that either are the same as a green man or like a version that have been kind of um, orally kept alive. And then through basically like parades and celebrations. Mm. So maybe we should talk on them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, he is a central figure of May Day dating back centuries. Mm-hmm. celebrations in the British Isles as well as on Beltane in Ireland. We see the green man made manifest in figures like Jack in the green and the Burry man, which you're going to tell us about because aside from Jack in the green, I did not know that he was associated with some of these people, which kind of blows my mind. I know. I know. Right. Okay. So Jack in the green. He is a man clothed in foliage who takes part in a procession on May Day in modern times. I believe in England. I I don't think I wrote down the exact spot, but this is a tradition that nearly died out, but has recently seen a revival because of pagan and historical groups in England, which I think is awesome. This is a dude, a real guy who is actually like literally covered from head to toe in woven foliage. We're talking branches, leaves, and flowers that have been placed over a wicker form. And then that wicker, fo- wicker form is worn by the volunteer Jack in the green. You don't see the guy's face. You don't, he doesn't talk. There's none of that. He just wears this gigantic freaking wicker basket of leaves <laughs> and like walks through the parade. Like with a, pr- a procession. Okay, let's not confuse this though with the wicker man. It's not. The, it's not. Oh the no, same no, no! I just mean that there's fire. a there's a <laughs> basket basically that they weave the the leaves and flowers into. There's no sacrifice <laughs> <laughs> that we know of. No, there's no sacrifice in this. It's literally a parade, and it it's bizarre. Like I encourage people to Google Jack in the Green and the images of it because you'll be like, wow, this is interesting but okay a very interesting tidbit also about jack and the green in doreen valiente's book an abc of witchcraft past and present one of my favorite vintage witchcraft books she says an old name for people who were secretly devoted to pagan lore was green jack's children cool i know i I, can i be one of green jack's children i think that's (laughs) kind of an awesome name but anyway yeah, that, that is cool. Yeah. Okay. Another similar tradition is the Burry Man in Scotland. And this is also a tradition that's carried on today. But this guy is a real man who is covered in sticky burdock heads called burries. And Ew. I envision these as kind of like the, um, what are they called? Gumballs here? I forget. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Gumballs. Yes. It's like, it's not a gumball, but there's another name for it, but they're those spiky 
seed heads, right? Hmm. And he's here, basically here they call. Wants, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say here they call them prickles. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I used to call them gumballs when we were kids, but there's another name for them too. They're also called witch balls, I think, or like witch something. Anyway, so then he's waltzed around town and supposedly this ensures good luck for the town for the coming year. But I like, um, is it good luck for the guy that's wearing it? I don't know. I would hope. Yeah, I'm going to go with no, because if you have <laughs> ever smelled burdock, ew. Oh, like, I haven't. Does it stink? Uh, yes. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Yes, burdock is not yummy smelling. So this poor guy's got to walk around smelling funky. Poor burry man. Okay. Mm -hmm. Robin Hood. This is the one that I was like, what? Yeah. And there's a whole, (laughs) when I say cult following, I mean it. There's like people that insist that Robin Hood, also called Robin of the Merry Greenwood, is linked to the Green Man. Hmm. So if I, I want to cite the website Left Lion, okay. and it says that Robin was not so much the vigilante, vigilante hero he is thought of today, being more reminiscent of capricious pagan fairies and goblins at one point. Popular hmm. until the reign of Elizabeth I, Festival goers would often dress as this embodiment of misrule and mirth with men riotously tearing about the town. One case from 1492 cited by the folklorist J.C. Holt sees a group of young men dressed as Robin and his entourage defending their drunken behavior by claiming that acting in such a manner was a longstanding tradition, turning an intoxicated spree into the preservation of cultural heritage. Okay. Let us note that Robin is known to wear green and is of the forest, obviously. And legend of the green man in this area of England is almost synonymous with Robin Hood. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. The the misrule and the mirth and the drunkenness and I, I mean, maybe they're invoking their inner green man. Maybe that's kind of what the Robin Hood figure was originally about. Mm, could have been. Yeah. I just never heard it before. Were you ever into the Robin Hood movies? Like as a kid, there were some that I loved. Yeah. Hello, Kevin Costner. <laughs> oh my, which one? What Was it literally called Robin Hood or was there another name for it? Because I remember that movie. No, it was literally Robin Hood. <laughs> course i I believe (laughs) pretty sure who doesn't love kevin costner and he did make a great robin hood let me just let me just imdb that (laughs) right yeah i think that one was the best version if you're asking me but you probably agree with that too right uh so where is okay it was called Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was the entire title. That was in 91. Yes. Then in 93, one of my other favorite Robin Hood movies came out, which was Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. 
that's, that's the guy that played he was in um the is it the princess bride yes he was in that movie too right yes yeah yes he was but um so robin hood prince of thieves and robin hood men in tights are both great yeah robin hood one is a parody the other is a drama so i personally prefer the drama but i do like the parody too well there are lines from that from men in tights that i mean i have lived on in my memory (laughs) for for forever so that's awesome care to share one oh well there's a (laughs) no because it's not politically correct okay then don't (laughs) I'll, i'll tell you later sounds good all right so there's a couple more of these kind of mythical figures that are people have linked to the green uh, the green man we'll say there's also the garland king at castleton in derbyshire derbyshire england i know i'm mispronouncing that and i hope george doesn't um message me <laughs> <laughs> he will derby derbyshire anyway the green man is called the garland king in this area and to this day he rides horseback for garland king day every may 29th Hmm. by the way i don't know how the man that wears this flower thing can see anything through the hundreds of flowers he's wearing also i was thinking what about like bees and allergies (laughs) maybe maybe whoever wears it they're like okay do you have allergies to any flowers? Bees? Do you have allergies to bees? They probably have to <laughs> sign a release before they like. Yeah. <laughs> this this holiday is interesting too because there's a lot of debate whether it's like a newer custom coinciding with the holiday celebrating like the restoration of the monarchy some centuries ago, or is it a nod to the ancient pagan past of the area? I like to think the latter, but you know. Hmm. So have you heard of the wild men of the woods? I want to say that I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. I think it's a big thing in the Germany kind of central Europe region. Mm. But these are mythical figures. They're forest beings whose origins are now shrouded in mystery, just like the green man. But according to the lore, they were men who they're originally men who abandoned society to live in the forest, but eventually were said to be like covered in hair and possessed an otherworldly wisdom. Hmm. During the dark ages though, people were warned of going too deep into the woods for fear of encountering beasts, fairies, and these wild men in, in particular. And there's also like depictions and illustrations of them, not just being covered with hair, but the hair being you know tangled in roots and flowers and greenery interesting Mm -hmm. which brings us to the next hairy beast on the list (laughs) sasquatch (laughs) yeah and i think all right maybe you're thinking we've gone off the deep end here but just bear with us being that the wild men of the woods, they're also called the wood woes, 
were hair covered men who lived deep in the woods and were often seen with leaves or branches woven in their hair or stuck in their hair. Couldn't there possibly be a link to the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot of American legend to Green Man? Sure, the Sasquatch has gotten a really bad rap over the years, mainly due to the charlatans that faked their existence for a few bucks back in the day. But right. if you look into their actual mythology and legends, the native people of the Pacific Northwest have many legends of the Sasquatch and tell of him being a guardian of the forest, just mm. like the green man and just like the wild men of the woods. And we also see similar beliefs with the Himalayan, the Yeti, mm. an ape-like creature who guards the mountains of Tibet. Um, and interestingly, another kind of similarity that the similarity that I found is another name for the Yeti is Migoi, which translates to wild man. Well, there you go. I mean, it is a bit of a stretch, but I can see the similarities and it's interesting, you know, the native legends and yeah, it's pretty cool. I feel like the pagan gods are Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Six degrees of separation. Everything. (laughs) Go back. (laughs) There's a website for that. Did you know that? What? I swear it's like the seven degrees to Kevin Bacon. If you pull it up, you can put in any actor or actress in Hollywood and it will tell you how many degrees to Kevin Bacon and how, like how he's connected. It's bizarre. It's funny though. But I feel like the gods are like the Kevin Bacon of paganism, right? So Mm. any, you know, anything in the pagan sphere, six degrees back and they're a deity. Definitely. (laughs) Oh yeah. And a lot of deities look so similar and yeah. Oh, hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, now that we've talked to the history and God associations like to death, would you want to tell the listeners how, how would they begin to work with the green man if they're feeling the call? Yeah. So this is going to sound silly uh, and probably uh, really easy, <laughs> but it's actually really hard or it was for me. <laughs> and usually I don't want to say everyone that the green man comes to, but I have found that a lot of people that the green man comes to are people who are not spontaneous, who are not impulsive, who are not in touch with their primal selves. Mm. <laughs> so it is difficult, but literally stop planning things listen to your intuition, start learning the difference between intuition and fear, right? Because we do a lot of things out of fear versus doing things from our intuitive selves. So knowing how to recognize when our fear is talking versus when our intuition is talking, Mm -hmm. doing things that you wouldn't normally do like spontaneous right yeah like being spontaneous um another thing I'm believe it or not I'm a pretty big introvert so I don't love going to parties I don't you know I'm I'm not a huge people person that way (laughs) Uh, but when I worked with the green man I went to quite a few parties 
I, yeah. And I did things that were very much out of my character. Like I said, I got on a plane and left my country to meet someone that I had only met on the internet. So, Mm. and yeah. And so I think the easiest way to start working with him is just to listen and follow your gut. And that sounds really easy and really basic, Mm -mm. but it is a lot harder than you think. (laughs) I think that there are quite a few people that do that to the detriment of themselves, but then there's also the people that, like you said, don't ever do that. So. Yeah. And like I said, in my experience, I think that the green man chooses a lot of the time to come to people who don't. Exactly. Because it's, you know, because, you know, as well as I do, like when deities come to you, they're, they're teaching an important lesson and being that, and being that the green man's archetype is the wild, right. Mm -hmm. It, it makes sense that he comes more often to people who aren't in touch with their primal, wild, feral, intuitive, instinctual self versus the people that are. Yeah. I I would think, yeah, I would think that people who do that to their own detriment probably get visited by, I don't know, the the deities who are there to teach structure, discipline, (laughs) control, those types of things. Who are those guys? (laughs) Really? I don't don't know. know. There, there are some fickle deities out there. Really? I feel like I haven't met them yet. Who? Who? What? Who are the fickle deities? <laughs> are you serious right now? I'm dead serious. <laughs> Jesus. We, we have had very different experiences. Jesus. <laughs> no, not Jesus. Oh, okay. No, no. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Apparently we have had some, okay. So this is interesting though. And I will say this, there is going to be an episode this season where we talk about the nature of the gods. And when we say that, I think it's going to be more, we're diving into our experience with certain gods and how they come through mm-hmm. to us. Right. So we could talk about this then, because clearly think- we have things to talk about here. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's not to say as well, like when I say there are some fickle gods out there. I, it also depends what archetype and facet of themselves. They appear to you as Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. And when I said Jesus, I didn't mean that he was fickle. I meant that because we were talking about structure and all that kind of thing before. That's what I was thinking of, but. Oh, Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. But I mean, some of these deities have multiple, well, a lot of them have multiple facets, right? And it just depends mm, which one true. is like, hey, I'm here. And this and this is what we're going to learn today. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. I didn't mean that like somebody's showing up to, you know, with a ruler <laughs> ready to whoop your tail. Like a nun no. god. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no nun god. Like that's okay. not what I mean. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about working with deities before we've said, you know, the, the norm is to read about the deity to maybe set up some sacred space for the deity. 
give offerings. And when we talk about offerings to the green man, how about burning some natural incense on his altar? Mm. Spirit nest. Hello. Spirit nest has an awesome selection of sea, witch botanical incenses, which I actually just started using myself recently. The aroma to the, to these incense. Do you have any of these? This, this particular brand is freaking out of this world. They're natural mm. incenses and I don't even know how to explain them. I think I have the green fairy incense and the wolf incense and the green fairy incense literally smells like absinthe. Ooh, it's crazy. Like super potent aroma. Um, so yeah. And spirit nest carries this particular brand of incense. So go ahead. If you go to Mm spiritness.com and use the discount code Oracle 10, you'll grab 10% off your next order. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) So I also want to circle back real quick to working with the green man. Okay. Precautions. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the green man, in my experience, will push you very far out of your comfort zone. That being said, make sure that you take your brain with you. And never do anything that you feel in danger about. And I would hope that I don't, I don't know how to explain this. Um, A lot of people would have said that me getting on a plane to go to another country to meet somebody that had only met on the internet was insane. And that I was going to end up on Dateline. In fact, that was actually said to me. before I left. Um, but I didn't feel that in my gut. Like, I I don't know. I just, I didn't feel that. So if, if at all, like you're being pushed to do something that you aren't comfortable with, as far as like, this feels like I'm going to be in danger. Don't Mm -hmm. do it. You know what I mean? You still have control over yourself. Yeah. And you know, you know, when you're, at least I I've known when my intuition is saying it's, it's just that little voice that's like screaming inside going, don't do this, you know? And the problem is your logical mind goes, oh, but it'll be okay. Or, you know, you try to rationalize it and then that's when you mess up. (laughs) Yes. Like, yeah. You know, that time I got married and the voice in my head was like, don't do it. Oh. not this time. Okay. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I've been married multiple times. <laughs> I got you. Uh, no, this one, that was like hundred percent. This is it. Hundo P hundo P you have We're me gonna- and my husband saying that now. Uh- <laughs> well, my husband and I are in it for life and we've made a deal that if it doesn't work out, we're just going to live at separate ends of the house or I'm going to have a shed out back. <laughs> a shed. Okay. Oh boy. You guys are funny. And then you can become the green lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have a she shed that's like covered in vines and you'll be the green woman. Okay. So is there a green lady? 
Supposedly there is. I have not done enough research on her. So if you all are interested in that, then I suggest Googling it. <laughs> hmm. All right. Yeah. I don't think she's as prominent, you know, as green man, unfortunately, but. Okay. So where should people go if they want to learn more about the green man? We have an article on otherworldlyoracle.com. You can go to this, to the website. And then on the search bar on the right, you can just type in the green man and it'll pop up. Awesome. Yeah. And there's also a book by John Matthews. I'm a really big fan of his. He's definitely an expert on Celtic myth and lore. And the book is called the green man spirit of nature. Nice. And there's also a book by Carolyn Larrington called the land of the green man, which is, she explores the green man, but she also kind of explores the lore behind the places where the green man legends are most prominent, basically. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that we have talked until we're green. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Shall yeah. I wrap this up? Go ahead. All right. Tune in next week for another episode of Otherworldly Oracle Official Podcast. Don't forget to head on over to my website at alorarain.com to get yourself a soul origin or numerology profile or tarot reading. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly. <laughs>